When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. I'm Janice Dean, and today I'm back with another wonderful story about someone who made my Dean's List. Today, I'm speaking with a father and a son duo. Tommy Morrissey was born with only one arm, but despite the challenges, he has worked hard to become a one-armed child golf prodigy. And he recently made headlines across social media with some very impressive home runs during a baseball game. He and his fantastic, supportive father join me today on the podcast. Joe and Tommy, welcome to the Janice Dean Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I mean, Tommy, you are like a superstar. You're a rock star. You've been interviewed by really famous people. You've been, you've met really famous people. So I am honored that you made the Janice Dean Podcast today. Thank you. <laughs> you too, Joe. Well, thank you. We appreciate you having us. This is this is our honor. Oh my goodness! So, listen. Uh, take me back, um, Joe. What was it like? I mean, you had Tommy, and you knew that he was going. You know, he was going to be disabled. I don't like that word. I don't like disabled. Uh, you are Ooh, right. Makes me cr- I agree. I agree. You are fully able. Um, So, but you knew that he was going to maybe have some challenges. So what did, how did you talk to your wife about that? So uh, when we found out that Tommy was going to be born with one arm, uh, my wife was uh, 14 weeks pregnant and uh, she actually, this is, (laughs) this was a really bad day, obviously. And I made it worse because it was the only ultrasound that um, I did not attend, and uh, my, my poor wife was uh, in the in the doctor's office by herself. And uh, the doctor very uh, very rudely and very straightforward said, uh, "You know, your, your child's going to be born with one arm. Uh, you have options at this point." Uh, and uh, you can imagine the way my, my wife uh, reacted and 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 broke down. And that was, uh, you know, it's 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 the they call it the, the loss of the perfect child, right? We all dream of 10 figures, 10 toes, two eyes, and everything else like that. But, you know, in reality, um, in the words of, of the woman that, that kind of shook my wife out of her uh, hysterics, uh, she sat in the room by herself for, she doesn't even know how long, just crying. And this uh, nurse came in and she said she, larger woman, straddled the chair, shook her. And she said to my wife, you're going to love this baby. God don't make junk. Get it together. And and uh, she put it right in perspective for my wife. And, um, you know, we we adapt. We started to try and learn and, and figure out how to uh, raise a, a one arm child in a two arm world. And there, there wasn't a lot of information out there for us. So we uh, we kind of hammed and egged it the best way we could. And uh, we're pretty proud of the way he turned out. Mm, I'm so proud of the way he turned out. Um, 
so when did you know he was exceptional? So one of the things about, and this is what, where I believe his hand-eye coordination came into to be exceptional, is that when a limb different child is is developing the the you know the ability to see their hands and and they you know put their fingers in front of their eyes, they're only seeing five fingers. So the limb different limb sometimes will remain you know basically stagnant and and not move because the the, the baby is not recognizing that that short arm. So what we did was we utilized a lot of balloons um and we you know know, here we are you know this this little baby we're 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 hitting balloons at him all the time bounce him (laughs) off his face you know um doing everything we can to try and help him see his short arm well lo and behold at 10 months uh tommy could catch a ball that was moving in the air and uh it was a a great it was a, a fun little story i took him to the pediatrician and the the doctor said something along the lines of, you know, does he do anything that's out of the norm? I said, well, he um, can catch a ball. And the doctor said, hey, that's, that's impossible. That's a, you know, that's a three-year-old skill, maybe early two, uh, not 10 months. I said, okay. So I, I pulled out a ball and um, I threw it to him and, and Tommy caught it. Doctor said, do it again. And I, I threw it to him again. He caught it. He looked at me, he said, one more time and uh, threw it. Tommy caught it. And, you know, at that point in time, he obviously believed it wasn't a fluke and that his skill set was well advanced from, from what his, his age uh, was at, at 10 months. So at that point in time, we, we had a good idea that, you know, he's going to be able for us, you know, we're looking like, okay, he's adapting, he's figuring it out. He's finding a way to, to own it and make it his own. So let's just stay on, on the path where we're going and feels like we're on the right path. Mm. What do you say when people don't believe it? You know what I mean? Like you told me the doctor was like, I don't believe you. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we need to be a little bit more optimistic in the room. Do you know what I'm saying? I I agree. You know, one of the things as a, a limb different parent, um, you, you kind of, you're always, you feel like you're, well, at least I do. Um, you're always wanting to protect your child. So you're always defensive in, in some way. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of went, all right, internally, I went, okay, all right, well, doc, sit down, watch this. And, and, uh, you know, he's been, he's kind of, he's been defying the odds really since, you know, since an early onset. And I can say maybe from that moment, you know, we, we kind of knew things would be different. Um, 14 months old, he, he's, he starts swinging a golf club. Um, extraordinary for a child at, at 14 months. Um, you know, throw in the fact that he's doing it with one arm. Well, that's that makes it a whole different level of extraordinary. Mm. So things fell somewhat in place for him as far as, you know, the way we viewed it. We didn't view it at, for athletics. We we just viewed it as life skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were developing in a, in a very positive way. Now, we always believed that if he could have a community, a, a group of contemporaries that, that supported him, whether it, was, whether it was the chess team, the checkers team, the chorus, uh, a soccer team, baseball, golf team, that group, that core group that understood him and, and knew him as a person, there would always be a certain level of, of acceptance and, and somewhat of a squad to make sure that he's going to be okay. Mm. 
and he's going to be protected in, in the event of anything that might ne negatively happen in his life. Um, so, you know, in that regard, we were happy to see that early development into um, a skill set that was going to be positive for him going forward. Mm -hmm. Tommy, when did you know that you could do things pretty awesomely? I didn't know anything when I was like three. So <laughs> well, what about um, probably when I was about four and a half, five, I knew I was beating my dad in golf when I was five. Um, that's when I started really understanding things. Uh, really, um, I started playing t-ball um, and golf. Um, I really understood the game very young, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Did you have any teachers or was it your dad out there with you? Um, my dad. Yeah. And yeah, I've been really fortunate to be able to spend uh, so much time with him um, on the athletic side. Um, I can remember when he was, you know, three, four years old and we would play good gravy. Gosh. We'd play four or five. I, I counted one time six different sports in the course of a day. Soccer was done because he um, kicked the ball in the road and the ran, a car ran over the ball. Oh, no. <laughs> That's never a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little upset about that one. <laughs> so um, what about school? Do you feel that the kids accepted you right away or sometimes did you feel like you were yeah. different? Tell me. Um, well, when I moved to my new school, it felt like any other just regular school. They really didn't say anything because, well, I knew some of them, but not really any of them. So I just stuck to who I knew. And then I started knowing a lot of people. Well, didn't didn't the, the students in your school study your story? Um, which one? For well, some some of the classes had actually studied his story for uh, Inspiration Week. Hmm. So when was that? That was uh, last year. I did not know that. And they had a, a good idea of him um, and and his story. So there was there was a you know, high level of exception acceptance very early. Yeah. You know, and, and when it comes to school, you know, for, to be to be frank, there was a, you know, a certain level of star cred that yeah. he had um, because of the things that that he was doing. Um, when we were back in, in Palm Beach Gardens, he was he was, he was considered a, you know, a local celebrity influencer kind of um, person. Um, he he was fortunate enough, to obviously, to be associated with some of the greats in the game of golf with, with Tiger and um, uh, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and all the local Gary. celebrity there. There, <clears throat> so <clears throat> he was actually it was actually a little tough for him sometimes right. at, at first because when we showed up to uh, golf tournaments, he would <clears throat> somewhat be marked, and the kids would. Uh, they wanted to beat him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he came to the golf course ready to play just like any sport. And um, he actually, in his golf time, he uh, he's won 35 tournaments uh, versus kids with two arms. Have you counted my medals? Or yeah. just the trophies? <laughs> just, just the first place. <laughs> you, got a, you have a trophy room, my friend? I don't have enough room at all. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you start competing with, with the golf? Our first tournament was at 
was probably when I was oh four and a half. Yeah, almost four and a half. And the night before, I busted my chin open. Um, <laughs> had to go to the hospital that what? night. What happened? Oh, uh, I was on a slide at Disney World. And I decided to go head first, which is a very dumb idea. And I busted my chin open and then didn't want to go. And I was saying, I want to do it here instead of go to the hospital. <laughs> but um, I, went, I came back very late that night and still won the golf tournament. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. Yeah. And then people obviously started to take notice, the local media. And then what are some of the big TV shows that you were on? Um, HBO, Ellen, Little Big Shots, Fox News, <laughs> uh, Whistle Sports. So people took notice. We, do you get nervous when people interview you, especially on those big programs? No, not at all. You don't. Mm-mm. Why? No. Well, actually. When I got older, I would get very scared if I'm in a, in front of a lot of people. Um, my legs shake a lot. But when I was on Ellen, I didn't even know probably anybody was in the crowd. So I wasn't scared at all then. Um, but when I got to the age about five, that's when I just got very nervous. And now I'm better with that. Sometimes my legs will shake, but not that much. You know he what? Did, he, yeah, go ahead. He did, an appearance, he did an appearance up at Under Armour. Oh. And uh, he he did a, a skit with Jordan Spieth, uh, Tom, Brady. Tom Brady, and um, Kelly O'Hara, who's one of the top uh, female soccer players. And it was, you know, it was awesome. It was a crowd of 5,000 people. And... And in introducing him, uh, this crowd was literally chanting his name, you know, and as a as a parent, you're sitting there, you know, you don't know whether to cry, be happy. It's like, my God, you know, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here that this is happening? And uh, he looks up to me. He says, Daddy, my legs are beeping. And uh, and his his little knees are shaking back and forth at each at each other. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I said that. I said, buddy, you know, you don't have to do this. He's like, he's like, I'm going. <laughs> oh, that's a good lesson, actually. You know, like you, you rose to the challenge. And I always say, because I still get nervous and I've been doing this a really long time. I embrace that. It's because you want to do a good job. That's the bottom line. I feel like if you don't get nervous anymore, it's, it's kind of like, mm, maybe we got to try something new, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really, that's an important thing because, you know, you're in front of a bunch of people, obviously you're with people like Tom Brady, and that would be a normal reaction that you want to just do a good job. So I, you mm-hmm. know, those butterflies, I embrace them. So I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. So when did you start playing baseball? Um. Well, I started playing t-ball when I was about would you say five or four? Five, five years old. Five. And when I got to like machine pitch, I was about six. My first season, I had eight home runs. And then I got to kid pitch, which is really when you start having the fun. <laughs> the pitching? That, yes. 
That's your favorite? Yes. Well, probably my dad's favorite. What would be your favorite one, Machine? Uh, I loved – I've been so fortunate to coach every one of his teams. Um, and <clears throat> I'd say Machine Pitch was just – it was just so enjoyable to watch him uh, with that. It was so predictable, and, and quite frankly, he would rope the ball. I hit a home run every um, – the first four games. What yes. What is a machine pitch? Because I don't know what that is. So it's like this blue machine thingy that's on the mound, and it just pitches like 40 miles an hour to you. So um, – It's basically an automated pitching machine of yeah. sorts. Okay. And you got to catch it? No, hit yeah, it. Hit it. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, and then, of course, recently, you your Instagram, if anyone wants to see all of these amazing things that you've done, you know, just go to your social media. But the last couple of weeks, there was excitement because tell me about those amazing home runs. Ooh, it was a dream come true. I did not really know I would do that. I thought I would be after, like, I thought I would be, like, 14 before that ever happens. I really just it blew my mind and it probably blew my dad's mind (laughs) probably blew everybody's mind actually oh yes because it made national news again did you know it (laughs) i mean how did it feel like when that when you're about to hit the ball do you know that you're gonna hit it really far no it's just like swing it or just don't basically you got to really make a really good swing on it, especially if they're pitching fast. I mean, it's really incredible. And to, to see the video, I mean, Joe, you tell me. Obviously, your child is unbelievable. Um, you know, but to see those two home runs and, and see how excited everybody, the world was to see your son do this, what does it feel like as a parent? Uh, immeasurable pride, uh, number one. Um, you know, he he's... He knocked down that barrier. He's been knocking down barriers his whole life. Um, He's the first child to ever play in golf world championships uh, with one arm. Um, First ever to do that. Um, And first child to ever play in the Little League World Series with one arm. Um, And then to hit this, you know, his first home run, you know, he works hard behind the scenes. He, you know, we, we go by the Tiger Woods theory in life. Um, if you, if you don't put in the time and the effort, number one, you won't achieve your goal. And number two, you don't deserve it. And Tommy, he puts in the time. So to be rewarded for the time, you know, that's, that's a life skill. And and that's, you know, that's, that's what sports teaches us in in so many ways. Um, you know, I've watched, I've watched him throughout the years and and he hit that ball out and, and to see him running the bases, you'll, You'll see he has his hand on his head and he's thank you for saying hand this time. <laughs> hand, not, not hands, right? And uh and he, and he's saying I did it. And the, the to see his reaction like that, to see to see the hands on the faces of, of his fellow teammates going, Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, he did it. You know, I've I've looked at the way that his friends reacted. And that's just that's just everything to us, you know, to inspire those around you and, and to inspire children uh, to, to be better forms of themselves, um, to come home, hit home plate and to be embraced by his contemporaries like that. And, and as he came off the field, hand on the head, he, he's just he's just crying and, and so proud of himself. And, 
you know, as, as a dad, you know, for him to, to turn and go in the dugout and, and I'm standing there and he jumps into my arms and, and he's letting about as, as hard a belly cry as he could let out. And, and so is dad. Um, that was, that's a moment in time that we'll just never forget. And we're, I'm glad I have that picture uh, that someone snapped. And you know, quite frankly, our, our team, they, uh, you know, as, as one of the, the, mother said you know there just wasn't a dry eye in the place um some visible cheeks you know men choked over um with it with a lump in their throat they said you know you you never see that in a baseball game for one single hit and and it's that it's that ability to inspire and and to change the perception of what is possible in life that sports and and tommy has have been able to achieve and and for a parent that's just it's immeasurable Mm-hmm. It's amazing. My son, Matthew, uh, played uh, baseball for a number of years, and then he stopped, uh, and he said he wasn't good enough. And I want him to listen to this interview because, you know, it's not about being good enough. It's just playing the game, right? I mean, and the one thing he misses the most about baseball is the team, his buddies. And so I try to instill in my boys that, you know, not every day is going to be a home run, um, but you have to go out there and try because if you don't, then you don't know what is possible. Yeah, we, you know, obviously, you know, I said, you know, how, how we feel about, you know, the, the Tiger Woods way of life and, and the philosophy about doing things in life, but it's, it's a hundred percent effort. If you're not going to give it a hundred percent, then, you know, question why you're doing it because the passion isn't truly there. Mm-hmm. So go find something else that, that lights, you know, lights your hair on fire. Um, and fortunately for, for him, um, his, his passion is competing. Um, he, has said on, on so many occasions, you know, I, I, you know, they'll talk about how he does this or how he does that. He'll just turn to me and just go, I just want to win. Um, and, and it's his way of find, it's his own way of finding that pathway to winning that really is, you know, the the life skill that, that we're, we're so proud of, you know, the the winning is, is a a product of, of finding a way and, and figuring out how to survive in some cases, how to thrive. So, you know, we are certainly okay with that mentality as long as it's a hundred percent and you have, and you have the passion. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the schoolwork and the sports, my friend? Not well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest, right? What's your favorite topic subject in school, Tom? Probably English. Oh, good. He usually, he, he usually says P.E. <laughs> oh, you, why do you like English? In English, it just feels fun. Okay. The teacher feels like it's really fun. That's the key to life, too, is if you have a good teacher that makes it feel like fun, it's not work. It's not school. <laughs> And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. So what is the, what's the next thing? You know, the one thing I wanted to ask you as well, Tommy, is do you enjoy playing all different sports or is there one sport that you kind of gravitate towards? I like playing every different sport. Like The only sport I probably do not play is hockey. Not even going to try that either. I'm from Canada where the kids are born with skates on their feet. (laughs) Um, But Joe, what do you think of that? I kind of think it's important for kids to play all sorts of different sports. Do you? 
I do. Um, I think that the, the skill sets transcend across every different sport that you learn on, on an individual basis. Um, I don't believe personally in um, specializing at, at this age. Um, I don't, I think that the more kids can expand their minds, the, the better they're going to be going forward. Uh, I, I read a statistic about the, the players that recently played in, in the Super Bowl and only 10% of them specialized. So 90% of the other players out there were not, did not specialize. So that tells me that there's more to the dynamics of, of growing that eye-hand coordination, um, that kinetic chain of, of, of being able to, to field, being able to play basketball. Greater life skills are, are with uh, diversification versus specialization. Mm-hmm. What's next up for you, do you think, Tommy? What do you want to do next? Um, probably um, basketball. Um, I just like it because um, I just, whenever I'm really bored, um, I usually play with my friends and we play basketball a lot. And so I just shoot around. And I like it. That's a pretty good answer. And what was your most exciting day, do you think, so far? Oh, when I hit those two home runs. Yeah? Easily, yes. That was your most exciting day, not meeting Tom Brady or golfing with Tiger Woods? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been in the Oval Office. He spoke on the Senate floor. Um, he's been to Indonesia as an ambassador. Um, but yeah, hitting the two home runs, right? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, tell me about your foundation, Joe. So Tommy's foundation is called the Unlimited Foundation. That's with a B, U-N-L-I-M-B-I-T-E-D. Um, and my wife uh, spearheaded the starting the foundation. Um, and what it does is it helps families who are seeking limb correction surgery, uh, we pro- Tommy's Foundation helps provide housing for those families. They come into the West Palm Beach area and they might spend six months getting limb correction. Now, now Marsha, in her, in her wisdom, she, she uh, aligned with Drawer Paley down in West Palm Beach uh, with the Paley Institute. And Drawer is, one of, is a pioneer in correcting children's limbs um, that have severe birth defects. Um, When children are are facing amputation, drawer is pretty much the last step to saving their arms, legs, and otherwise. Um, And Marsha felt that, you know, it was kind of a, a great way to go about it in that, you know, Tommy doesn't, didn't have a choice as to whether he was going to be able to save his arm. Um, so he gives other families the, the choice as to whether they want to save their children's arms. Hmm. And it's been, uh, it's been very, very successful. We've, we've been very lucky. Um, Tommy, you know, my, my wife, well, not luck, not my wife has worked hard. Um, she's raised more than $2 million over the last, I think, three years. Um, and the number of families that, have benefited from from this effort have i think it's in excess of 50 so you're changing lives in many ways shapes and forms um 
in, through athletics, but you know, you're meaningfully impacting the trajectory of other people's lives through, through the foundation. And, uh, that's, that's, that's quite a legacy. That's pretty cool, Tommy. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are your, yes. ro- who are your role models? My friend, do you have role models that you look to? Baseball, probably Bryce Harper. Okay. Why? Um, he just, just the way he plays is just amazing. Um, he will just go a hundred percent every single game, even if it's against like the worst team. That's important. What other mm-hmm. hobbies do you have? Uh, probably playing blitz ball with my friends. That's like basically all we do. <laughs> You know what I like? Uh, you know what I like about? Oh, yeah. No, what? Tell me. I, I do like fishing a lot. I do that probably most of the time. That's awesome. Hunting. Oh yeah, and when deer season comes, hunting. What's that? Tell me that again. Um, when deer season comes, hunting. Okay. I really like that. You're like the outdoors type. Yes. I think it's important, you know, a lot of kids, especially we went through the pandemic, you know, they're on their iPads and their iPhones and they're texting. And I think it's really important to listen to your story because you're out there with your buddies, you're enjoying summertime. Mm -hmm. I think we need to get back to that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's easy as parents to be lazy Mm -hmm. and let the iPad be, be the babysitter. Um, And, you know, life, life can be difficult. Life can can take us, uh, you know, in a lot of ways and we're busy, but, you know, ultimately we have to look at the way our kids are, are going to be maturing into this world and, and recognize that these iPads are, are not in their best interest in a lot of ways. You know, we, we have, oh, well, we, we're, we're always outside um, doing something. Uh, obviously he does play with the iPad, but, things that things that better his future admit in ways are, are the way what we always look for in sports and, and outdoor activities, whether it's fishing. And um, he certainly loves, he certainly loves his fishing. That's for sure. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that too. That sort of, yep. um, go ahead. Um, my golf cart I got from Ellen is not no um, golf cart anymore. It's a fishing cart now. <gasps> that is great. And have you, have you, uh, have you got caught and caught some big fish? Yes, I caught a big one out of this. Like it was seven point four pounds. <laughs> do you throw it back in, or you actually eat it? Well, no, we do not. <laughs> no, that probably be really bad. Just for fun, okay. What yeah. do you have any ideas about what you want to be when you get older? When you go to school? When you get out of school? What do you want to do? I want to be a baseball player. Um, if I'm not, then I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm. That's pretty good. I think you have a pretty good shot at that. Do you have any favorite teams? The Padres and the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, Joe, tell me, give me advice for parents who, you know, maybe they're struggling and they have a situation um, that they feel like, oh, my goodness, I... I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with with this situation I'm in. Like you have you're in a good example of, you know, you you had something that was happen happening in your life with your wife and you just said, "You know what? Uh we're going to embrace this and we're going to just uh, let God take 
the take charge. Uh, so what do you say to parents that are struggling right now? Like, I know that uh, it's tough, right? We, we have so many challenges. Um, and this is such a bright story, a, a wonderful um, way to spread sunshine, to talk to your son about all of his great achievements. But what do you tell folks that are, you know, having a hard time? Well, yeah, life is hard. Right. And we can look at that in a lot of ways. You know, Tommy's a special child to me in many ways, shapes and forms. Um, Tommy is a is is named after his his uncle, um, who is my twin brother. Um, he was killed by a drunk driver at age 17. And for Tommy, my son, to live a legacy that creates positivity in the world um, is beyond measure for me. Um, you know, I would say to parents, don't make the same mistake I made when, when I was given the, the news of, of a limb deficiency. Um, and, and as I, I was depressed, I, I was upset. Um, I, I felt that uh, I felt that God was stacking the pile too high for a guy like me. Um, I, I felt that I'd, I felt that I'd been through enough in life. Um, I had no idea the blessing that would be bestowed upon me with him. I had no idea uh, the impact, global impact that, that this child and, and this challenge would have. Um, at this time, is, his story has been globally viewed by more than 250 million people. Mm. Um, and Janice, I will tell you literally that he has saved lives. Mm. And I, I mean that literally. Um, it, with the, I, I can go into details on, on, on a couple of them. If you want two of them, uh, if you want me to, it was, one was a, a soldier that was in his, had his last moments he felt. And instead of, of taking the, the path of, of suicide, um, he actually hit up Tommy's story. It was his final night. And just so happened that Tommy's story came up and uh, he did not commit the act that night because of his story. Now, Tommy and I were walking through an airport in Chicago, and this guy walks up and says, I know who you are, and I know who he is. And I said, okay. He said, to, he said uh, that little boy saved my life. I said, okay. He said, I'm a, I'm a vet. I suffer. He said, I had reached my breaking point. He said, it was, my, it was my final night. And whose story popped up while I was surfing the Internet one last time? Your son's. He said, I'm here today because I saw that story. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, impact on life, pride, Im- immeasurable, unfore- unforeseen um, consequences of sharing your story. Uh, you, you can't really quantify that, can you? No. Um, you know, the, the vision and dream that, that, that we have as parents, it's, it's never straight. Um, it, it's adapting to, to the change that, that, that we you know, never expected you know, th- thankfully we did. And thankfully we, we chose certain things at, at certain times. And, and, and ultimately you can eat, you can say that, you know, he, he has literally saved lives and he certainly has saved limbs. And that is just unquantifiable to us. We, we, my wife and I, we just have immeasurable pride for what he has done. I love this story. I really do. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, Tommy, I want to ask you, would you have advice for kids who are like, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't think I'm good at baseball. What do you what do you say to those kids? Yes, yeah, actually, um, someone did just text me on YouTube that he said 
he wasn't as good at baseball and he quit and he just loves watching me uh, playing baseball. So if you're just playing baseball, enjoy it. Don't think about yourself and just enjoy the moment. That's what I felt like at Cooperstown. That's what you do. You enjoy the moment, right? That's that's life. That's a good life lesson. Because you never know when the moment is going to, you know, the sunshine's going to come out, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, you guys. Joe and Tommy, I'm so proud to know you. And thank you for telling me your story. And I hope that you'll be in touch. Uh, I know there's, you know, you got a lot of famous people that you know. But, but uh, I'd love to, you know, keep... None more famous than you, Joe. <laughs> Well, you both made the Dean's List. How's that? (laughs) Oh, you guys, thank you so much. I I don't even know what to say. It was just a beautiful, beautiful time with you both. And and thank you and God bless you. And thank you. And thank you for your impact on the world and and what you've done over the last couple of years. And in uh, in the COVID environment, we're we're very much fans of the way you you made things accountable and and your journey and your passion. We're we're so grateful for what you've done and, and the person you are. Oh, well, now I got me crying. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. Uh, well, you know what? It makes it all worthwhile when we when we connect and we meet people like us, you know, that want to do good in the world. Right. Which is what you're doing, too. So uh, I'm, I, I'm really proud to know you. I can't wait to meet you in person and give you both big hugs. Thank you, Janice. We appreciate you. Oh, God love you. Thank you so much, Joe and Tommy, for joining me on the Janice Dean podcast. I loved hearing their story. And I know you did too. Please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.